Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to talk about something that, that it's very common, but I want to put it and couch it in a way that hopefully you'll bring a little more meaning significance. You know, see, we've been doing this series throughout the summer called We Believe. And we've been focused on we believe in the, in fact, it's not what we believe, but why we believe what we believe. Because what I've found is why you understand what you believe, then you understand why you do what you do. Does that make sense? If you don't know what you, you don't know what, why do we do what we do? Well, it comes back to why do we believe what we believe? That belief fleshes out into our, to our actions. And there's a couple of things that we do. In fact, Jesus told us to do that now is, is really, we, we call them, a, a, like we call them sacraments. And it's kind of part of our, our belief, but it's part of our practice of why we believe and what we believe. And then they come in the area of, as we're going to talk today about um, we're going to talk about water baptism. We're going to talk about communion. But we, we use this term. We have it up on the screen. They call it sacraments. It's a word sacrament. We don't use it a lot around here in, in, in kind of an evangelical setting. But in, in liturgical churches, they use that. But if you if ever heard the word sacrament, it means this, an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual. And, and something spiritually divine that's taken place. It's, a, it's an act of grace that's taken place in, inside someone's life, and then it's expressed out in, in worship back to God. And, and baptism and also communion is a way that we, we express that. And so today we're going to just go, and I hope as we do, that it would be a bit of refreshment for you, that and you hear this, or for some of us, maybe it's for the first time, you really maybe heard it in this way of understanding it. So either way, it's good to talk about it. But really sacraments, you could say, are kind of spiritual markers that we have in the life of a person, and the life of the church. And sometimes we do things and we don't know why we do them. We just do them. So for you to be able to go, oh, okay, that's why we do this. So the next time you see someone baptized or you get baptized, maybe you haven't been baptized, or you experience have a time of communion, as we'll do here today. It's like there's some meaning to that. So baptism, and then and then we're going to look at communion. This is what we say at Christ the King. This is what we believe. This is what we hold to. Is this that that water baptism identifies the believer's union with the, the death and resurrection of Jesus? Communion is an act of remembering of death of Jesus until He returns. And these ordinances are actually actively celebrated today but they're not a means of salvation. You use the word ordinance, you use the word sacrament or expressions, spiritual markers, whatever you want to call them. But don't miss that last part. They're not a means of salvation. So, you know, you need to understand that we don't believe like if you get dunked in water and eat a cracker and drink some juice, like you're earning brownie points in heaven. It doesn't work that way. That's, those are just outward, these outward expressions, these sacraments of what God has already done. But here's the interesting thing about it is, why do we focus on those two things? Is the sacraments? Well, Jesus, Jesus did. And Jesus told us actually to, to make them as a part of our practices and really commands to do that, as we're going to look at here. And these sacraments, I think, are, it's sad because when we don't really put emphasis on them in the way of understanding the meaning of them or as we're participating in them, they're just kind of religious activities that we kind of drown out and, we, and they lose the meaning of them. And, but they're so, so important 
uh, that we're going to look at here today. Now, the, the first is baptism. Uh, I don't know if you know what baptism, the word baptism, baptismo means. It means this. It means to immerse, to dip, to saturate, to overwhelm, or submerge in water. And so if you look back in the Bible days, when they baptized people, they didn't just sprinkle them or, you know, they didn't just, you know, dip the toe in water or hose them down or anything like that. They actually dunked them. They actually, what was called immersion, they put them all the way under. So when you get baptized, you get the full package deal. Okay, it's all the way under, uh, you know, when we, when we baptize people, we put them all the way under, um, you know, and, and maybe not all the way like six feet down or anything, but we, we get them down enough to get the whole body wet because we believe in totality. There's a, there's a symbolic work that's, that God has already done that we'll talk about here, but we do the full thing. And you're thinking, okay, that's kind of a, you know, a Christian thing, baptism, but you know, it didn't start out that way. You know the origin of you now like why why this and why well, when Jesus came on the scene, people were baptized, John the Baptist. What's well, interesting, just to step back a little bit, you might not know this, but but uh, baptisms wasn't called baptisms, but it was uh, ritualistic baths that that people the, the Jewish people would take as they entered the temple. Specifically, priests would do this, and they would go and they have full baths to be cleansed as they would enter in and do priestly duties. People would come to the temple and they would, they would bathe ceremonially, wash to do that. And these, these little baths all over, they're called mikvahs. And you go to Israel. In fact, I was in Israel a couple years ago and, and some of us toured around where in, in, this is in Qumran. And in Qumran, what, what, in fact, this is interesting. This is where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. But they, what it was, is a community there and you could see all these little, these little cestrines, these little, you know, ancient little, you know, hot tubs, I guess, uh, they made, uh, where they, they basically would, uh, this, this group of almost kind of ancient monks, the, the Essenes, uh, they, would, they would ritualistically bathe every day, all day. They just imagine just all day doing this. And what's interesting about it, that's where John, they believe John the Baptist spent some time before he came and, and went out and did public ministry. The Bible says he went and he came from the desert. The desert in Qumran is where they believe that happened. They have historical evidence of that, archaeological evidence of that. And so it's interesting, fascinating. So here John is experiencing like this, these spiritual baths, but he realized, and, and it's so important that we realize that just getting wet doesn't do not do anything for you. Just get your body clean is not what has to happen. It's actually, you know, what needs to happen is it's your heart. And so John comes with this message, and he comes with it, and I almost picture, you know, you remember Jonathan Edwards from Little House in the Prairie? I don't know why I pictured John the Baptist with the big beard and coming out, furly hair or anything, but I, I, I picture this guy, and he was kind of a crazy guy, but he came out and he said this, repent for the kingdom of God is near, repent. And then he would say, repent and be baptized. And he didn't say just get wet. He says, no, you need to turn your heart toward God. You need to turn your life the other direction, head, head toward God. And then he would, as he was, John the Baptist, but baptize people. But it's interesting, as John is baptizing people, the people are repenting and baptized and all the way. One day, literally out of the blue, it just happened this moment, Jesus is walking by John the Baptist. What's interesting, though, is that that's John's, that's John's cousin. And he's walking along, you know, Jesus, and he says, oh, stop, everybody, hold the phone. That is who you need to be looking to. That is the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. You need to follow him. I am lesser. He is greater. I, don't even, I can't even tie his sandals. He's, I'm not worthy of that. 
He is the one you need to look to. The baptism that he's going to give. I'm baptized in a water, but watch out. The baptism he offers will change your life forever. And that's the message of, of Christ is the transformation of a clean heart, not a clean body. Everybody was focused on the outside. And John comes along as a forerunner and says, no, no, no. This person, this, this is the Lamb of God. He has, a, has the message you need to know, and that's to have a changed and transformed heart that will cleanse your very soul. And so that took place. And so we, we, we see this in how the death and resurrection of Christ is all this work that, that God did. And yet sometimes what we do is we get caught up in religious activities like people back then is they, they thought, well, it's a try, you know, kind of try harder mentality. And I, I want to remind us of that there's nothing that can wash away our sins. Not, not water, uh, not, not trying to pray a certain prayer. It only is what that prayer means if it's changing your heart, that you truly come to a place of repentance of your sin. But you need to know this, it's not our work that does it. It's the, it's the work of God that, that, in fact, God went first. I love what Titus says this in chapter 3. It says this, but when the kindness and love of our, our God, our, our, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and the rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. He said, if you want a, a wash of your life, it's the renewal of the Holy Spirit that does the washing of our hearts. And it's through the perfect blood of Christ. In a moment here, we're going to take some time around the communion table to remember what Christ has done in transforming our lives. But it's a work from the inside out. So if you're here today and you say, man, I might be interested in getting baptized, that's great, but you're only going to get what if you not done what or made a commitment to Christ as to be the Lord and leader of your life. That that regenerated work that took place in your life, it, that's what matters most. And then what baptism is. So well, what is baptism? Then what is the big deal about it? Well, this is what baptism is. It's this outward expression of an inward spiritual regeneration of our souls. It's what God has already done in our lives now that we're expressing it outward to others. Now, if you're here today and you have not been baptized, this is a great day to get baptized. You're thinking, well, the weather is not the... No, no, it doesn't have nothing to do with it. If you're here today... You're, you're, this, is, this is your day, and you haven't been baptized. This could be your day. You might have woken up this morning and, and going, well, I, you know, it's a normal Sunday. I don't know if I'm going to, well, I didn't plan to get baptized, but maybe, maybe I should consider it. Can I persuade you toward that today? Can I persuade you? And I'm just sharing just a couple thoughts on baptism here. Can I share just as you're going through this? What about me? This is something that, that I, should, I should do today, this, this day here. So what's the big deal about? Well, here's a big deal about baptism. See, the reason we make it a big deal is Jesus did it. Jesus himself was baptized. Jesus himself, he, he followed the Father's example. He not just told us what to do, he showed us the way. And I, I love how scripture in John says this. John, again, you know, cousin of Jesus uh, well, this is John, John the Apostle, but John, 
the cousin Jesus, the one that baptized Jesus, says this, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him and a voice from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I love. With him, I will be, I am well pleased. What, what a beautiful picture is here as Jesus comes out. Here's Jesus, the, the perfect sinless man. He went through the, the, the activity, the spiritual marker of baptism to show us the way to do that. And guess what? There's this huge affirmation. Father, the voice comes down from heaven. Can you imagine hearing that, the voice from heaven? This is my son and whom I went well pleased and doves came down. Now, I can't guarantee that tonight. I can't guarantee. Maybe a seagull will fly over. That'd be pretty cool. Flying over. Blessing. But know this in heaven. When you come out of that water, there's an affirmation. Son, daughter, you are with, you know, I am well pleased with you. Not because of anything you've done. It's because, you're, because of what I've done in you already. And now we're affirming this. We're celebrating this together. So it's pretty cool to do that. Jesus gives this example. And he, he really tells us this. Jesus told us to do it. You know, in the moments before he's wrapping up this time on earth and, and leaving the world, he says this, his very last words to his this disciple says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And guess what? That, that you would do this in teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. It's this package deal that we, as being disciples, we are to be disciplers. It's not just to be a disciple, but to be a discipler. And the part of being a discipler is actually baptizing people. Did you know that's a calling that each one of us has is to baptize people? You're thinking, oh man, I don't, I don't have reverend next to my name or, you know, some kind of like pastor. Do I have to go through training? Nope, you don't. You can do it. And what I love is, in fact, my favorite time, and I love people. Listen, if you want me to dunk, yeah, I'll dunk you. Okay, I'll baptize you. That'd be awesome. That's a great thing. It's fun. Thank you for allowing me to do that. But you know what's even, it's, it's just as cool is when we see lives transformed by other individuals, like someone influence another person and help them come to you either know the Lord or grow in the Lord. And that person says, man, this person had such an influence on my life. And then and you see this mentoring happen in this relationship where one is baptizing the other. That's beautiful. That's going to happen tonight. It's, just, it's incredible to see that take place. And, and I, I love seeing that happen. And, and so here's, here's the challenge I have for you. Have you baptized anybody lately? You're like, again, I'm not a pastor. I don't do this. No, there's a calling that we have to do it. There's something so amazing about being disciples to make disciples. And part of it is being, being baptized and taking it. And I kind of think of, I think of baptism as kind of a gimme. It's kind of like it's, you know, to follow Christ, that's a, in a lifetime commitment. That's a big step, right? To say that. Baptism is this kind of put an explanation mark on your commitment to Christ. And, and it's, it's really fun. And it's so thrilling to see people baptize other people. Last couple weeks ago, our son in the church he's down part of now in central Kitsap County, uh, we got to see our son. He led a couple boys to the Lord at summer camp, but then one of them, he got the, had the privilege to baptize him. And so someone asked me, they were baptizing, oh, do you have a, do you have a kid getting baptized? I could no, my son's the baptizer, you know, so I'm taking pictures of that. I was really proud of him that way. And I thought, that's the multiplication thing we see is that we, we are called to do that. So you're like, well, I'm not ready to baptize anybody yet. Just invest in people and see what happens and help them walk along the way. Why? Because other people did that for you. 
Now it's your, now it's your turn. And when we do that, we're called to do that. But we're also, this, this is so important. It shows our life before and after Jesus. Baptism does that. You're thinking, have you ever thought about why water? I mean, what, what's the whole thing about that? Well, it's, it's kind of what you think of. It's, it's a cleansing thing. It's something that's, that we think about water and, and washing all that. But it's kind of a before and after effect. Uh, a lot of you get caught up and watch all those makeover shows, those home decoration shows are all on there. And I get caught up watching them with my wife. And, and yes, there's times when she's not home and I still watched it. Okay, so it's, but it's her thing. I don't really know that. But I do like, I do like the before and after. And, you know, and honestly, I kind of like to watch the, I don't watch, I just like the ending part because I want to see the before and after and the transformation. They used to move the bus or they, you know, Chip and, and Joanna, you know, pull a thin curtain or whatever. And there it is, this beautiful house. And I thought in our lives, that's, you know, if anybody is great at, at makeovers and, and renovations, Jesus. And, and Jesus does this work of transformation from before and after. And baptism really is a, is a symbolic act of what that takes place. Paul writes this in Romans. I like this. He says this about baptism and the meaning of it. He says, or, or you don't know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We're therefore buried with him through baptism and, and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. What he's saying here is that before Christ, as you know, you stand in water before you're baptized, that represents your old life, your, the old you. The, the you before any kind of transformation has ever taken place in your life. You before you became a Christian. You before you were born again. You before any kind of regeneration. But when you're lowered in the water and dunked in the water, what it is is your old life is being buried. Just as Christ was buried you know, in the tomb, your old life is buried. And what's, what's drowning is your, your old life, the old you, your sins. And when you come out of it, your new life in him. And, you know, you ever taken, you know, work all day or work out and you just take a shower and you feel so good? That's, that, that's, what, that, that's what that is spiritually. You come out and you're like you're a new person. You're, you've experienced new life. And it's such a beautiful sacrament. It's a beautiful symbolic work of divine grace that's taken place in our life. Going from old, bearing the old to the new. Can I challenge us all to live a baptized life? Can we challenge ourselves to this? The Bible says that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, the old is gone and new has come. Don't go back to the old you. Don't go back to the old ways of life. And it's so easy to settle back in, into the old ways of life, right? It's so easy. And, and to remind us today to live a baptized life is I'm not, the old me is buried. Who wants to dig up an old dead body? Why would you go back to your old you? That's disgusting. Live out your new life, your, your, your new creation in Christ Jesus. That's the work. That's such a beautiful thing that's expressed in baptism. But you know, the, the, the other thing that is so important about baptism is this. It shows everyone we've committed to be a lifelong follower of Jesus. What it is really is baptism is this commitment, not just in this moment as a fad, as something we do and gone. It's a lifelong commitment. And that was a huge deal back then. When people... When people were baptized down in the bay, you know, people honk and like, that's exciting. Back then, it was not that way. There was not cheers. There was, there was mobs. There was persecution. There was imprisonment. There was torching. And it still happens around the world where people were actually, they leave not just a different faith and come into Christianity or come to know Christ. They, they are completely ostracized from their community. They are, they're um, disowned from their family. In some cases, extreme cases, they're put out a hit on them as mercy killing. 
<coughs> there's some religions practice if we try if we kill them, take them out, then they won't fall back into this you know, being a retrobate and going and going to hell. They're trying to save their soul by killing them. I mean, that's how our world is today. It's kind of crazy. And that's why it's so serious when Jesus said this in Matthew 10, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my father in heaven. <clears throat> it was a huge decision that people made. And they, of course, they got baptized, not in churches, but in rivers and streams and, and lakes. And, and they did this, what it was showing to the whole world that my allegiance is to Christ. That is who is my Lord and my Savior uh, and no one else. And so we need to realize baptism is this opportunity to go public. Now, have you gone public lately? <clears throat> have you gone public lately with your faith? If you have not been baptized, that's a statement of Satan telling everybody, everybody that you know that you're getting baptized. And I tell you, Facebook's a great way of saying, today I declare this. And I wanted to make sure that you have the opportunity today to take that plunge. If you would like to get baptized, right after service, you can talk to someone at our connection point. But here's the thing. Show up 20 minutes early tonight, and we'll get you, we'll get you baptized down at the bay, down at the water. Thank you so much, honey. Now, baptism, the other sacrament we're going to look at here today, and then we're going to spend some time in, in practicing it, is communion. Baptism is this ongoing experience that we have with the Lord, or baptism is a, is a one time, but, but communion is this ongoing experience, a sacrament we do. At Christ the King, we, we're called to be an authentic Christian community. And we live that out, we're getting together, not just in rows like this, but in circles like for small groups. And it's interesting what the Bible describes in early church, how they gathered together. It says they broke bread together. And they spent time around what is called the, the communion table, the, the Lord's Supper. Uh, if you grew up in a traditional church like I did, it was the Eucharist. Eucharist is a fancy word. What does that mean? It means to give thanks. It's actually to remember what Christ did for us. Not to forget. To do it in remembrance of him. And so when, when, when the disciples, when that first communion happened, the, the, the Lord's Supper, it was a it was called the Passover feast and where Jesus describes and, and relived. And it wasn't new for these folks. They practiced the Passover over and over again in their life. The Passover was the time when God was sending plagues onto Egypt to try to loosen the grip of, uh, so that the people could be rescued. The, the, Israeli, the Israeli people can be rescued to get out of Egypt. And so he sent these plagues. And this last plague was this plague of killing the firstborn people boys. And he told Israel, he says, listen, what you need to do to protect yourself is you need to go in your homes. And before you do, I want you to put blood of a, of a lamb, a perfect lamb over your doorposts. And when the death angel comes, it's going to pass over you and you will not be harmed. And all the people of Israel were saved. And then that was a release of them, the freedom they experienced to go on and to go into the promised land. And so Jesus, and everybody knew what this was about, he flips it on, on its head and says, hey, guess what? I'm the Passover lamb. I'm the one that's going to take away the sins of the world. And when I'm on the cross and when I die, there's a Passover that will take place, meaning that, that God will see not you and your sin, but he'll see me and, the, and my covering that I'll provide for you and for all of mankind. And so he, he leads them in this time of communion. Well, what's interesting, Jesus goes on and says, hey, whenever you do this, remember me in doing this. And so that's what the early church did. They practiced communion. 
But like a lot of things, they, they, got, they got off a little bit. In fact, just a few years into the church starting, people were losing the meaning of this holy sacramental time together. They twisted it and they distorted it and they abused it. And so Paul, this church leader, had to step in. And he says, hey, guys, things are getting weird, okay? And what was taking place, you can believe it, people were getting drunk off the communion wine and they're being gluttons and eating all the communion bread and not sharing with everybody else. Now, here, I don't think it's a problem, okay? Because have you seen the size of communion cracker we have and it's non-alcoholic because we're a recovery community? So we don't, I don't think you're going to, you know, get drunk and get full on what we give you. But let's not miss the meaning of it. What, G, what, what Paul was saying and instructed by the Lord was, listen, don't miss the meaningfulness of this. This is so important. And we won't have time to go in all of 1 Corinthians 11 because we want to allow some time here today. But he told us to do this in remembrance of him, to remember what, he's, what, what he did for us and to take the moment. But it's interesting is at the end of where he shares about drink, eating the bread and drinking the cup and proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes last week, Dakota and, and uh, Tyler hit on the, the second coming Christ pretty powerful. He said to remember not what I just, what I did, but what I'm going to do. But he also made an emphasis at the end that communion is a time of reflecting and confessing. We do this as a community of believers with one another, as we shared, but we also do it on a personal level. And it's a heart check that we do. And Paul's saying, hey, make sure you do this. And uh, Michaela, if you can put up verse 26 of 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-six, there. He says this, you can scroll down to that. He says, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord as in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. Sometimes we gloss over and especially sometimes here we're doing communion like, oh yeah, we just go through it. Let's not miss the meaning. Let's not miss the significance. And that's why we're going to take some a little bit extra time here today. Maybe seek more this time to reflect upon what God's done. But it's a personal thing that you are to do with the Lord. We do it collectively, but we also do it together to examine ourselves. To examine ourselves. To look at this. And to prepare ourselves for a time to do this. And I think it's so important. We're going to take some time to do this. But I want you to picture... When you go and maybe you're, when your kid, mom says it's time for dinner and you go and they say, but wash your hands before you come to the table. And so what'd you do? You turn the water and you just did it real quick and, you know, and they got to the table and then your mom looks at your hands. You're like, no, 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 no. You got dirt on the face. Go, go wash them. But this time you soap. Okay. You know, sing happy birthday or something. You need clean hands before you're going to come and eat at the dinner table. Can I challenge us this morning as we go church together around the Eucharist, around the communion time, that we need to come and have clean hearts as we approach the communion table. Not our bodies, but our hearts. And to take time. And how do we do that? Take time of reflection. Take time to look back. And I love the scripture in the message about what do we do? How do we do this? Well, it says this, and it's a prayer to the Lord. Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross 
cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. And then guide me on the road of eternal life. I love that part there. Investigate my life. Lord, look in my heart. Is there any sin? Is there anything wrong? Doing? Is there any hurt or bitterness? Or is there anything that, that I'm doing that, God, I, I need you to cleanse and, and change my life? I don't want to approach this sacrament. I don't want to approach this time, this holy moment in an unholy or un, you know, unwilling way even. Like some of you here, like, I'm not sure if I want to do this. Then don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it because somebody else is doing it next to you. Don't do it because you should do it. Do it because you want to do it. It's a reflection. Remember, it's not brownie points. You're earning. It's a reflection of what God has already done in your life. Body and blood of Christ. Body sacrifice for sin, for life, new life, and a cleansing of Christ's blood through drinking symbolically the wine and the juice. Remembering that's what it's all about. And are you in a right place? I don't want to invite our team to come. Is in our, everybody's getting ready here to prepare us here for a few minutes together, hopefully some extra minutes together, that we take some time to examine our heart. Take some time to reflect today. In a moment, you're going to hold the communion cracker in the cup. And if you're here today, and this is all new to you, you're not really sure where you are in your faith or anything, do yourself a huge favor and everybody, just let it pass you by. Just observe. Don't get caught up and do anything kind of religious for religious sake. Do it because you want to do that. Do it and approach the Lord in a humble way. If you do it in a flippant way, Lord, Paul gives us a stern warning about that. Man, you're, you're coming into dangerous territory. He, he even said that people got sick and died. I don't think it's going to happen here today. But I'm like, that's serious. Like, you got to be prepared to say, God, I'm coming before you. But if you come with a humble heart saying, Lord, I, I confess this stuff to you. What's going on in my life? Lord, I just want to get right. And here's the question I have. Just ask the Lord as you start this, Jesus, how am I doing? How am I doing? Have you decided, Lord, how am I doing in my life? What is it that you need to change in me? And I need to confess to you and just take these minutes together and just focus on that as you hold them. You hold them together. And then we will we'll eat and we'll drink together. Does that make sense as we're going to do that today? So just stay where you're at. Our, our team's going to come. We're just going to take this reflective time and then we'll, we'll do this together. you don't do this once once a month in the sense of communing with God. It becomes more of a, re- a reunion than a communion. You know, we're, we're called to, you know, Jesus said, pray, you know, give us this day our daily bread. So it's a reminder that it's a daily time. So as we hold this, recognize that you can commune with God anytime you want. It might be, it might not be juice or, or oyster cracker, but it might be, it might be a muffin and a latte might be uh, with a group of friends and you know, Little Caesars and Pepsi. It might be 
It might be a meal together. It might be, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not just about the activity itself. It's the meaning behind it. And to take it seriously. And I think we, what happens is we get very casual, you know, come to church as you are. That's great. That's wonderful. But there's these moments that we need to stop and pause and to reflect. And I hope that you took some time here today that this isn't, this is a practice of something to continually do and to come before the Lord and to take some time to approach the, the, the Eucharist, the, the giving thanks to God moment with soberness, with seriousness. I hope that you took some time. The last service, I, I, I kind of sense the same thing. This service, the Lord was speaking to me. It's just like, okay, Dan, you've got to shut it off. You've got to shut the brain off. You've got, we've got to get to the place where you're, you come to a sense of being, not in the doing. And that was something that I wasn't sure, you know, I'm repenting of it, but I'm also asking the Lord to help me with that. And some of us are like, we're on the next thing. We're, we're, it's like, for some of us, I also sense too, is the, when we take time to examine our hearts, you don't realize how dirty you are. Do you ever wash your car and you see all the dirt comes off? Oh my gosh, what a dirty car. In our lives, sometimes we forget how things just kind of pile up in our lives and to say, Lord, cleanse me. Lord, investigate my life. God, if there's any sin, anything that's holding me back, anything is so good to do some heart washing. And I hope that you took some time this morning to approach this time to do that, to make things right, to to allow the purity of the, the blood of Christ that still cleanses sin even to this day and even in our lives. And that's really the message of Christ and what he was communicating to them on that first very communion time. When he said to them and he held up the bread and he, and he, and again, this was a, this was the show bread. This was the Passover. There's Jewish meaning to it and symbolic meaning to it. But then he comes off and just flips it on and says, well, you know, guess what? I am the bread of life. He told them before, I'm the bread of life. That I, I'm the one, this, this bread that is broken is like, it, as we break it, is the breaking of my body. So you can find wholeness and healing and, and, and true life in me. But I have to be broken. I have to be, I have to be put to death so you can experience life. He said, eat in remembrance of, of me, my sacrifice. He continued on in the, the supper, took the cup, again, talked about he's the Passover lamb, take away the sins of the world. He said this, that now there's a new agreement. There's a new contract that we're, I'm writing up. All the things that worked in the past are not going to work. What's going to matter the most is that my blood that I sh I'm going to shed on the cross is going to be the, the signature of a new agreement in blood, cleansing all of mankind's sin. He said, remember this. Remember what I'm, I'm going to do. Drink and remember to me. Let's do that together as a community. Let's pray, let's pray together. Oh, Lord, you're sweet. You're sweet, Lord. This, is, this juice is sweet on our lips. The sweetness of your work that you did, it brought completion. It brought wholeness in our life the completed work. There's nothing else that needed to be done on this earth. You, you did it all. And Lord, as we have hopefully many of us, all of us here, given our lives to you, and you, you cleanse us from our sin and transform our life, that's all that's needed to be done. And yet, Lord, you give us some wonderful expressions of how to live this out and 
symbolically of this. And so, Lord, we thank you for this time around the communion table that we can celebrate what you've done already. And the scripture says, proclaim what you will do one day. And you will do tomorrow, the next day, what you're going to accomplish in this and through us, Lord. It's amazing. And Lord, we also remember this expression of baptism. Oh, what a meaning, what a powerful thing it is. And Lord, we pray for those that will be gathering down the hill this evening. As they're getting dipped in the bay, Lord, it just be that moment, a spiritual marker for them of God, their commitment to you to live a baptized life as all, all of us to do as followers of you, Lord God. Challenge us, Lord, as we go. Who are we going to reach out to? Who are others that need to know you and love you, grow in you, God, that we can invest and influence, Lord God, uh, this day, Lord. Thank you for this time and these, this, these sweet moments, these holy moments together. May it not just to be a reunion next month, Lord, but it would be a communion with you tomorrow and the next day and the next day, Lord. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen.